0: Hey, Browns fans, before we get started, I just want to thank the sponsors of today's show, Manly Bands. Get 25% off your entire order at manlybands.com slash dogs, D-A-W-G-S, use promo code dogs to get the best wedding rings made for men. And BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month of talk therapy, that's 100% online and 100% on your time. Head to com slash dogs, use promo code dogs, 10% off your first month. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Stakes. Josh All Alone with you, part three of my 10 part series, breaking down the Cleveland Browns roster by position going into 2024, so taking a look back at 2023, the stats, the players that were on the team, and then looking ahead at 24 for each guy, who's under contract, what's their cap situation look like, who's a potential cut candidate, trade candidate, all that kind of good stuff. So if if this is your first State of the Browns episode that you're tuning into, please go back. I covered the cornerbacks in episode one, and I covered the safeties in episode two. Two Today is all about the linebackers. The linebacker position, I probably should have just saved this entire position for last because it's clearly the least important to the Browns, to the front office, to Andrew Barry. We've detailed that over the years, ever since Andrew Barry got here. Just the low emphasis that the Browns front office puts on this position. But I am doing defense first. So linebacker fall into defense, and therefore, here we go, we're doing linebackers. On the next episode, we're going to hit defensive line before we shift to the offensive side of the ball. So stay tuned for that. But today we're going to talk linebackers. This is probably not going to be quite as long of an episode because honestly, there's really only one guy to talk about. Only one guy to really dive into and say a bunch. And the other guys, we're going to be kind of hitting some quick notes and getting about our day. So I hope you guys are all having a great day. I appreciate you tuning into the show, joining me on this Browns positional journey and like I always say, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like this video. Please subscribe to the channel. It's, it's following the channel. I know subscribe has a monetary connotation to it, but there is no monetary commitment to subscribe to a channel on YouTube. If you're new to the platform, just a little heads up. If you're listening on audio, please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, Google, wherever you're listening to podcasts, just tap the follow button on our show and that way you don't miss any new updates, new shows that are being released. All right, so let's dive into linebackers. And like I said, there's really only one dude to talk about. And actually, I do this all the time. If you've, if you've watched my shows, my, nor, or my solo shows, you know I get a little ahead of myself. I start steamrolling a bit and I forget what I was going to say. So let me back up before we dive into any names. I want to go back in time. And I want to look at the Browns' historical spending here under the Andrew Barry regime at the linebacker position because I, I didn't do this for the other positions because I didn't think it was as uh, insightful because the other positions are important to Andrew Barry, to the defense, to, to the team. So what's interesting about linebacker, and I believe I've talked about this on a previous show because these numbers look very, very familiar. It might have been last offseason. 2020, okay, Andrew Barry takes over as general manager for the Cleveland Browns. And in 2020, now he's inheriting a roster. He's inheriting cap situation, all that stuff. So that year, the team allocates 8% of the total cap to the linebacker position. It was $18.3 million to that position that season. In 2021, that 8% dropped in half, down to 4%. And the Browns only spent $4.8 million at the linebacker position. In 2022, just 4.3% of the cap at the linebacker position, $9.3 million. And here in 2023, the Browns spent 4.93% of the cap, so closer to five at the linebacker position, and it was 12.4 million. So I like to do the percents and the numbers because you know in 2020, 18.3 million was eight percent, in 2023, 12.4 million was only Four point nine percent. So that's because the cap number, the overall cap number goes up and changes year to year, but the percent is what's important. So when it all started with A B, that the Browns are at eight percent, then he dropped it down to four, stayed at four point three, and then this past year was still in the fours at four point nine. So these are numbers that I want you to keep in mind, and and as we go through this episode, keep in mind for the end pay attention to the contracts that I list out for each of the guys on this episode, because we're going to take just a brief, quick look at some players who could fit that bill for the Browns in 2024 free agency coming up at the linebacker position. So again, just, just kind of keep that 4% cap, and you know, allocation, and then we'll talk about, you know, contract numbers for these guys. So number one, Primo, pretty much Uno, the only guy we're going to be Diving very very deep into today, the stud, the absolute breakout season for Jeremiah owusu koromoa JOK, because that is much easier to say. Six foot two, two hundred and twenty-one pounds. Born in Virginia, his father though is of Ghanaian descent, which that's why you see JOK dressed in the Ghanaian clothing before and after the games. He strongly embraces that heritage. It's pretty cool. It's just you know, it's, it's something that if you see him you know in some i don't know for lack of a better term strange looking different kind of uh, of attire you know a lot of these guys are rolling in these fancy suits and and what have you but he definitely uh sticks to those those roots of his his heritage which is pretty cool i th- i think it's it's neat and it brings you know just more character to the to the team it's a fun thing to look at talk about i actually got to meet jok up at training camp last summer so uh on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, here's the picture of me and JOK after practice. And I, he was just an all-around cool guy. Really cool dude. Um, I, I played and highlighted his comments that he made in the press conference before the uh, wildcard game against the Texans that week leading up to it. And just the comments he made in that press conference, just it, it was just leadership. He exhibited leadership so strongly And I just felt like he was so focused, so dialed in, ready. He was just preparing and ready mentally and physically for that game. And it showed because guess who was the only player on defense to show up in the wild card game? JOK. So he played uh, college ball at Notre Dame in 2020. He won the Butkus Award for the best linebacker in the country. He ended up being a second round pick, 52nd overall in 2021 by the Browns. All draft season, he was projected as a first rounder. Every mock draft we did, he was always going in the first round. He was a a first round selection type of guy. I mean, he he was coming out of college with that sort of pedigree. But he ended up slipping in the draft into the second round where the Browns were able to move up. Uh, I should have looked this up. I forget. It was like two spots or four spots or something like that to snag him. And the reason he dropped primarily was because he had a heart concern that came up just before the draft and... You know, there were probably already teams that liked him, but maybe had some simmering doubts just because he had like a smaller size. Teams weren't 100% sure where he was best going to fit in the NFL because he's not your prototypical linebacker size. He's not really built like a prototypical safety. So where's this guy going to slot in in the NFL? So if teams had a little bit of concern about that, and then the heart issue comes up during the, the late draft process, That that caused him to slip out of the first round, which is great because the Browns were able to snag him. And boy, we were excited when when the Browns got him and just did not feel like Joe Woods was really using him to the best of his potential. And then you know, I talked a lot about JOK and Grant Delpit's potential with Jim Schwartz last offseason coming in. And those two guys had phenomenal seasons. JOK obviously named a Pro Bowl alternate and then ended up being a Pro Bowl replacement in the Pro Bowl this season. So great for him. It was awesome to see. He just had such an electric season. And, you know, there's so many guys on this Browns team from 2023 that while, you know, the, the season ended disappointing, of course, we, we wanted to win the playoff game and advance and do all those sorts of things. But with all the injuries that we suffered with starting five different quarterbacks throughout the course of the season, what was it, 12 12 guys on IR that at one point the season were starters and 25, 26% of the, the salary cap was on IR. The Browns were 11 and six. It was a phenomenal season. And there were some very, very good takeaways, some good breakouts. Delpa getting extended JOK. We'll talk about that here in a minute, but he had his breakout should be getting extended. You had David and Joku with his, Complete and utter breakout. It was a great season for the Browns, and it's all going to roll into just another awesome season in 2024. So if you're not on board for an awesome season in 2024, get there because it's going to happen. It's going to be a lot of fun. But back to J.O.K. Okay, 24 years old. He's going to turn 25 in November. So he's still a young guy coming off of, well, he's still on his rookie deal, but going to be coming off of that. And I just, just big things in the career ahead for J.O.K. Okay. Statistically, JOK played in all 16 games this season, which is key for, for a season where the Browns suffered so many injuries, whether it was season-ending IRs or just guys in and out of the lineup all year. There were injuries across the board. JOK stayed healthy, played all 16 games, and I say all 16. Yes, I know there's 17 games, but the weeks, what week 18 game in Cincinnati did not count. He obviously did not play in that game. What's up, Ohio? Don't miss out on this fantastic offer from DraftKings for the big game. New customers who sign up with our promo code, The Dogs, all one word, and place a $5 first bet will instantly receive $200 in bonus bets. You'll get eight $25 bonus bet tokens, allowing you to make multiple wagers with your reward. These tokens are valid for seven days, giving you time to find your favorite bets. If you download the DraftKings app before the big game, make sure to sign up with our code, the Dogs, to get your $200 of bonus bets. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Ohio. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Looks like he got dinged with 13 missed tackles on the season, but moving into the positives, 101. Total tackles on the season. His rookie year, he had seventy six. Twenty twenty two, he had seventy. This year, one hundred and one. So he got over the hundred mark this year. Was absolutely flying all over the field. So much fun to watch. Number six was at the ball. If you were watching Brown's games this year, he was all over the field. This is a this is a stat right here that just shows the emergence of this guy. So and as a rookie he had three tackles for loss. As a sophomore last year in 2022, he had seven tackles for loss. How many tackles for loss did he have this year? He went from three to seven, 20. He had 20 tackles for loss. He was behind the line of scrimmage. He was in that offensive backfield so freaking much. It was so awesome to watch. Three and a half sacks. He had five quarterback hits He had six pass breakups, one forced fumble. He had two interceptions. So just an all-around statistically great year for JOK. Now, we'll move into the PFF stats. And I took this on a minimum of 350 snaps, so that gave me 78 qualifying linebackers for the season. JOK had a 75.2 defense grade, 19th overall, 68.9 rush defense grade. That was 40th. 84.1 pass rush grade fifth overall generated 16 total pressures on the season. That was the 18th. Most of the linebacker position. Like I said, he was in that offensive backfield a crap ton and it was awesome. He had this one was awesome. Remember I talked about the stops. I talked about that stat in the safeties episode. So a defensive stop per PFF is a tackle that constitutes a failure for the offense. So a very good thing for a defensive player to record. JOK tallied 53 stops this season. That was the 12th most among linebackers, all 78 qualifying linebackers in the NFL. He was after it. No wonder he got that Pro Bowl nod. Uh, I, he should have been a straight-up Pro Bowler to begin with. I The snub on him was ridiculous. Uh, let's see. He, he gave up 37 receptions on 44 targets. Now, it sounds like a lot of receptions, right? Just 263 yards and three touchdowns allowed this season. He had 7.1 yards per reception allowed. That was the sixth lowest in the NFL. So this is just like I talked about with Grant Delpit on the last episode. JOK, yes. You just If you just look at the numbers without any anything to go with it, any context, you're like, well, okay. I mean, he got targeted 44 times. gave up 34 receptions. He didn't stop very much. He was getting he was getting um how do i want to say this they were attributing a lot of the screen passes to men or guys that were in his coverage running backs tight ends these guys are getting these little dump off passes so it's a high percentage throw completions that are going to happen and he's not giving up a lot of yards on all those receptions so he was he was definitely doing a lot of great things on the defense his yards after catch allowed was 220 so 220 out of 263 came after the catch. That was 84% of his total allowed. Um, so I, I, that's a lot, right? That's a lot of yards to come after the catch, 84%. So I went back. I looked at his game logs because I was... That's, that didn't jive with me. I thought, well, where in the heck did all those yards come from after the catch? I, I thought he was doing pretty good out there on defense. So if you look at the game logs, here are JOK's yards allowed per game. So it goes 10 Zero, negative two. Then he had a game where he gave up 35, nine, a game with 27. And then he had games of allowing, this is receiving yards, four, 12, four, seven, 12, zero. So the middle portion of that year, along with the front end, there was only like two, basically that first half of the season. Actually, I'm sorry, not even the first half, the first three quarters of the season he only had two games where he actually, he gave up any, I guess what you could call significant yards. He, he was a monster out there. And then we had a bad stretch at the end of the season where he gave up 34, 44, 24, and 43. And those were all the games after Anthony Walker was placed on IR. So we'll talk about Anthony Walker here in a little bit. But him going on IR had a pretty big negative impact on the defense overall. We, we talked about that when it happened. We felt it. It was a real thing, and, you know, Taki Taki, I thought, filled in pretty well for him over, overall, but Walker was, was the guy on that defense in the middle of that defense for most of the season. That was just kind of holding things together. But, you know, that's kind of his thing. We'll talk about Walker here in a minute, but injuries, that's just part of his calling card, unfortunately. The two interceptions by J.O.K. were actually tied for the seventh most in the NFL. Three linebackers had four interceptions. Three linebackers had three interceptions. And six linebackers had two. J.O.K. was one of those six. As far as his snap breakdown for the season, 589 snaps in the box, 104 on the defensive line, 44 snaps in the slot, 9 at free safety, and 10 on the outside. So he was primarily used in the box and on the line in that linebacker position. So what's the contract situation looking like for JOK right now? So like I mentioned, he's still on his rookie deal. Originally that was a, it was on for a four year, $6.4 million contract. His cap hit here in 2024 is just 3.7 million. And his dead cap is 13.3 million. So uh, I would look at the trade numbers real quick and all that stuff, like the post and pre June 1st. I'm not even going to do that. Because he's not a trade candidate. JOK is not a trade candidate. JOK is one, uh, he has definitely become one of the heartbeats of this defense. You got Miles Garrett up front, Grant Delpit, obviously. A guy like Martin Emerson with Denzel Ward, you know, in the secondary there. But JOK is a heartbeat of this defense. So if the Browns were to trade him, I, I personally believe that would be one of the dumbest moves they could possibly make. And I don't say a lot of things like that about the Browns, about this front office, like these guys are making mistakes. They really don't, you know, and if they do make a mistake, it's, it's something that was well calculated that well thought out and it just didn't work. This would be a move. Like if they, if they got rid of Jay, okay, that would just be a dumb move straight up. And I'm saying that out of emotion, but I'm also saying it out of his impact on the defense, what he does on the defense. Statistically, he is one of he's, he's he's one of the top linebackers and he's only been in the league 3 seasons. So this is a guy who has a ton of career left. He's going to be awesome throughout his career and he needs to stay here in Cleveland. So that's why JOK is my number one overall priority this offseason. Browns need to extend him immediately in my opinion. I, this this new deal for him You know, it should be one of the first, if not the first things that they work on here in the offseason. They get the coaching situation all figured out. I know they're doing a lot of that right now. But once they turn their focus on the roster construction, the players, all that kind of stuff, I expect the JOK extension to be coming out pretty, pretty soon. So I'm not like, again, I say this all the time. I'm not like a cap expert. So I'm not sure what an extension would look like exactly for a guy like JOK. If we use some reference points, though. Grant Delpit was a three-year, $36 million extension. He just signed that, like, what, two months ago. So I look then. Now, that's that's for a different, obviously, that's for the safety position. But just to kind of give so, some comparisons here. And then I look at the franchise tag. What's the franchise tag price right now for the linebacker position? So for going into 2024, it's $22 million to franchise tag a linebacker. Now, I'm not saying that the Browns are going to do it. He's not eligible to be tagged until after next season, still on the fourth year of his rookie deal. But that just gives you an idea of the average of the top five salaries that the linebacker position. So the high end is in that like $22 million range. Grant Delpit, you know, got extended at a $12 million range per year. So, you know, I would imagine JOK would probably command something in between those would be my guess. So we'll see what happens, but extending JOK has got to be a priority. The, the Browns cannot afford to not have this guy locked up for at least three more, maybe four more years, whatever they decide to do on a deal, but he's got to be a priority for sure. This episode is brought to you by Manly Bands. Browns fans, I have an exciting new sponsorship partner for you guys, and it is crazy how it all happened, okay? So I'm getting married soon. I went to pick out my wedding band. I did not know that the cost of gold was the highest it's ever been. So, you know, when the rings I I liked and they pulled out of the case and showed me, and I I turned it over, saw the price tag, and they were $1,600, yeah, I essentially crapped my pants and ran out of there. I hate jewelry stores, I hate the salespeople, I hate the selection. We went, and again, true story here, seven different stores looking for a ring, and all of them had the most pathetic selection imaginable for men. So I said, screw it. I went to manlybands.com, and everything after that point was an incredible experience. Their selection is huge. All sorts of styles, materials. Guys, they have wedding bands made from Jack Daniels whiskey barrels, meteorites, and even dinosaur bones. They also have a huge selection of the tungsten rings that everybody likes, cobalt chrome, and gold. And the best part was the customer service was some of the best I've ever received. In a world of AI and bots, Manly Bands keeps it real with real freaking people. The whole experience was so awesome, I asked if we could advertise for them on the show, and here we are. Screw those jewelry stores, and those salespeople. Manlybands.com. Use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, for a whopping 25% off your order. Whether you've already got a band or you're getting married in the future, check out what they have. Also, you can order a free ring size guide and they'll ship it straight to you so you know exactly what size ring you need. And again, never step foot in a jewelry store. And also for you big fellows with the big hands, guys, they got rings up to size 20. Rings come with free engraving in the US, and they send you a free silicone band with your order. It's unreal. These guys are the best, manlybands.com, promo code DOGS for 25% off your order.
1: BETMGM has an Unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BETMGM. Simply download the BETMGM app and sign up using code Champion150. Then BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
0: One last note about JOK before we move on here. In that wild card game, he was, like I said, he was the only one who showed up for that game. He led the team nine total tackles, four tackle for lo- tackles for loss in that wild card game against the Texans. He was the only guy that looked fired up. He was the only guy that looked ready to play, focused, dialed in, whatever you want to say. He was the only one, which was very disappointing for this defense after such a great season overall. But, you know, it's, just, it's something to, something to build off of going into 2024. And that does it. Thanks for tuning in to the linebacker show. Appreciate you guys. No, I'm just kidding. But the the rest of these guys we're going to talk about, this does not have to be a super long conversation whatsoever because the Browns really don't have anyone else besides JOK under contract for the 2024 season. They had a lot of one-year deals. We're going to get into a lot of one-year deals, especially when we get to the defensive line. Linebacker was the same type of situation. The only other two guys we've got on or under contract for 2024 would be Tony Fields and Muhammad Muhammad Diabadi. So we'll just kind of kick it over to Tony Fields the second here real quick. Six foot one, 220. So very similar in size to JOK. We said that when he came out, was drafted in the same draft as JOK. And it was interesting that they took two guys at the same position that were very similarly built athletically. JOK obviously being the superior talent and everything like that. But Tony Fields... Born in Las Vegas, played high school at Desert Pines, played college at Arizona. He was a starter there for three seasons. Then he transferred to West Virginia for a senior season to kind of help bolster his draft stock. He thought he had a better chance of showcasing what he could do for the NFL if he was at a school like West Virginia. He ended up being a fifth-round pick, 153rd overall in 2021 by the Browns. So about 100 picks after J.O.K., 101 picks, actually. 24 years old, like J.O.K., he's going to turn 25 here in June. So, another young guy. Um, uh, Stats-wise, there's not a whole lot to talk about here. He uh, he really only played meaningful snaps against the Colts, Broncos, Bears, Texans, the first time, and the Bengals and of course, that final week of the season. He did recover the Miles Garrett-force fumble in the end zone against the Colts for a touchdown. That was pretty cool. You know, for, as far as PFF is concerned, he did not meet the threshold for that 350 snaps for the qualifying linebackers that I did with J.O.K., Tony Fields only played 234 snaps this season, so he does not have defensive ranks on any of these, but he had a 49.8 defense grade, 50.8 run defense, 48.2 pass rush, 54.6 coverage. Not stellar by any stretch of the imagination. Just ho-hum numbers. Seven stops on the season. Gave up 10 receptions on 13 targets for 85 yards. There's just not a whole lot to write home about. With Tony Fields, unfortunately, I I mean, let's see here. What did he have this season? 34 total tackles. And that's it. And that fumble recovery for a touchdown in the end zone. So Tony Fields, not not a huge factor on the defense this season. Um, Contract, like I said, still on his rookie deal. It was a four-year, $3.8 million deal. His cap hit in 2024 is just $1.1 million. Dead cap is $82,000. So it costs the Browns essentially nothing to cut him. But I don't know why they wouldn't just hold him here as a depth piece on the, on the defense at the linebacker position. They're obviously not going to spend a lot of money at this position, or at least based on historical trends. And he's a cheap option that's been here, knows the team, knows the organization. He was drafted by them. I don't see any reason why Tony Fields doesn't play out the final year of his rookie deal, and then he'll be a free agent you know, next season and he'll find somewhere else to to be a backup probably. But that's kind of my spiel on Tony Fields. Uh Mohamed Diabadi, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five, grew up in Auburn, Alabama, played college at Florida for his first three seasons. Then he transferred to Utah for a senior season. He came out projected as a sixth or seventh round pick here last year in the twenty twenty three draft. He ended up going undrafted, signed by the Browns UDFA on May twelfth. And he worked his way through camp and preseason and looked pretty good during the preseason. We were pretty excited about him. Ended up making the 53-man roster to start the season. So good for him. That was awesome to see. We had quite a few uh, UDFAs make this roster, which was cool to see. It's good stuff. I mean, Andrew Barry, he has a pretty good knack for finding talent, you know, where, where other people don't necessarily see it. Muhammad is 22 years old. He's about to turn 23 here this spring in May. He played 296 snaps on special teams and just 27 snaps on defense this season. So primarily a special teams only player. He recorded eight tackles, one fumble recovery, and he played a bulk of those 27 defensive snaps in that week 18 matchup against the Bengals. I think he started that game. So he signed a three-year $2.7 million contract with the Browns last offseason. His 2024 cap hit $923,000. He's not even a million against the cap. Dead cap is sixteen grand, so essentially nothing. And my assessment of him would be kind of like some of the other guys we've talked about in the previous, like uh, Kalef Halisi, camp body. He's going to fight for a spot again during the preseason. I think he has an upper hand, you know, considering he's already made the team. He made the team in 2023, and he spent the whole season on the roster. But, you know, it's definitely not guaranteed for him. He's definitely one of those guys that... The Browns can move off of him, you know, for somebody else. If they have a roster spot, they want to give to somebody else or they could keep him as a value, as a depth piece to, you know, kind of pretty much do what he did this season. So Diabati, another guy to, to keep your eye on. But those are the three guys. JOK, Tony Fields, and Muhammad Diabati are the only three linebackers currently under contract heading into the 2024 NFL season. As far as uh, reserve future contracts with the team, The Browns have Caleb Johnson and Charlie Thomas the second. And that's all I'm going to say about that players that played with the Browns in 23 and are now free agents going into 2024. And we'll talk a little bit about each one of these guys. So mentioned him already. Anthony Walker jr. Since 2021 with the Browns, Anthony Walker has played 13 games, three games in 2022, and now just 12 games in 2023. So, you know, health and availability has always been a concern with Anthony Walker since he's been here. He's 28. He's about to turn 29. You know, he'll be 29 when the season starts. So he's not young, He's not old for the linebacker position, but he's older, I would say. And I just me personally, I have a hard time envisioning him returning to Cleveland 24. I, I feel like he his. He's just run his course with the Browns, you know, and and he's been, he hasn't been bad at all. I mean, I love a walk. I I think he's been a good linebacker when he's on the field, but that's been the problem when he's on the field. So unfortunately I think that was the last time we're going to see Anthony Walker in a Cleveland Browns uniform. Now I could be wrong. Um, I've, I've mentioned a couple times, you know, already on this show that the defense took a very noticeable dip when he went out. And I just feel like, we, we need that, but we also need the reliability. We need a more reliable player, at that middle linebacker position. So I would put my money on Anthony Walker not being back with the Browns next season, but you never know. He did rank 31st out of 78 in that, in that PFF defense grade. You know, last season, he was on a one-year, $1.2 million contract to return to the Browns. So it was not an expensive deal by any stretch. I'm not opposed, like I said, to to having him back at that type of cap number or even lower, but I'm also not opposed to moving on, you know, and trying to look elsewhere for, you know, something in a, a different solution to that position. So we'll see. Let me know, you know, a lot of these guys, or I should say all of these guys, I'd love to know your thoughts. Drop them in the comments. Anthony Walker's a guy I'd really like to know what you think about listening to this, watching this show, what you think. Should the Browns try to bring Anthony Walker back at a cheap deal? Or is it time to move on? So kind of let me know what you think. I, I'd love to hear from you guys. And that just kind of kicks us into Sione Takitaki. This is a guy I'd be a little more happy to see come back over Anthony Walker. Though, you know, once I broke down the numbers between the two, you know, it's a little closer to neutral than I originally thought it would be. But Sione Takitaki, two, two 230 pounds, third round pick by the Browns in 2019. As far as age is concerned, he's actually the same age as Anthony Walker. He's 28, about to turn 29 in June. He played in 15 games this season, had 65 tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks, three pass breakups, and one interception. He ranked 39th out of 78 in that defense grade. He did have that 16 tackle performance against the Jets in Week 17, which was awesome. It was actually the fourth most tackles in a single game in Cleveland Browns history. It's also the fourth most tackles in any game by any player this season in the NFL. So it was an awesome game by Sione Takitaki. And, you know, he he came back in 2023 on a one-year deal, $2.6 million. And the Browns gave him double, actually, what they gave to Anthony Walker to come back on that one-year deal. Takitaki played around 100 more snaps than Walker did, but Walker also missed five games. Takitaki missed two. Now, out of those two, and I think one of those might even been that That week 18 game, I'm not 100% sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. He was our starting middle linebacker at the time. So out of those two guys, Sione Takitaki would be the one that I would prioritize bringing back if it were me. But again, that's if there's not better options in free agency. Um, If they do try to or want to bring Walker back again on an even cheaper deal then you know they need to have somebody like Toki Toki to rotate in and play to fill in for Walker whenever he gets injured because he will get injured. And there's no talking about linebacker injuries without mentioning Jacob Phillips. That's kind of the title of his book right now. You don't really need to spend a ton of time talking about Jacob Phillips. I don't think there's any way that he's back in Cleveland. He was a third-round pick by the Browns in 2020. His rookie contract just ended this season, so he played a total of 20 games in four seasons. Missed all of this past 2023 season with the injury. And, you know, there were moments in 2022 where he actually looked pretty decent. It was like, ooh, okay, maybe the Browns have something here. Maybe we're developing this Jacob Phillips guy. Maybe he's going to be okay. And then, you know, injuries just kind of took him out as usual. I don't see any I don't see anything else to say about Jacob Phillips. Uh, I think that's the end of Jacob Phillips in Cleveland. The only other two guys to mention, Matthew Adams, was a special teams player on a one-year deal. And Jordan Kunazic. same thing, special teams player on a one-year deal. So so like I said at the beginning, keep that 4% cap allocation to the linebacker position in mind. You heard what I said about each of these guys' contracts, their cap hits, you know, over the last few years. And if we're going to look at any of these 2024 free agents at the linebacker position, to, to stick with the trends of this front office and Andrew Barry, we've got to be looking, you got to scroll down. If you're going to pull up one of these free agent lists, you got to scroll down, get to the guys who are probably going to be under the $3 million threshold, one-year deal type of guys, just like we did with Walker, Taki and you know looking at what their 2023 contracts were some of these notable players to look out for on my list here we've got denzel perryman from houston he's 31 years old played in 12 games last season we've got oren oren book oh my gosh can you say it oren burks a uh middle linebacker from the san francisco 49ers played in 15 games he's almost 29 years old and we've got Zach Cunningham from Philadelphia, 29 years old, playing 13 games last year with Philly. And a guy like Shaq Leonard, going to be 29 years old, uh, played in 14 games last year, Philly and the Colts. So these are some of the names, and, and we'll go more into free agent possibilities at each position as you know the, the months go on here, getting closer to free agency and all that stuff. But as far as the Browns are concerned, positionally, this is like the where they spend the least amount of their money is at linebacker. So outside of JOK, it's not a very exciting position. And JOK is JOK because he is more of a hybrid type of player. And I do expect the Browns to break the mold, buck the trend, and pay JOK bigger money than they have historically at the linebacker position because of what he can do, not just I I'm having a hard time explaining this. I'm I apologize guys. The words are not coming to me. He's just, he is not your prototypical middle linebacker, big beefy dude. That's just going to stand back there and play center field. That's not his position. He is an outside linebacker. He is a good coverage guy. He's a, a fly around the field type of player. And I think that the Browns already bucked the trend with Jok. Originally when they used a second round pick to draft him, they don't invest high draft capital. In the linebacker position either but they did so with him so i do expect them to invest you know contract dollars into and cap space into jok but outside of jok not a very important position of the browns i'm not saying it's not an important position to me or that it shouldn't be important i'm just telling you what the numbers say what the trends say that the browns are not going to prioritize this position and i think if they've got jok locked up if they extend him they get a few more guys on these one-year deals to come in. I think that they, they can pretty much man this position just fine. And I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that because the, the, Browns and the Browns are not the only team that have to worry about the salary cap. There are 31 other teams that have to manipulate the cap, pay attention to their budget, figure out where they want to spend money. Not every position on every team can be prioritized. So this is just the way it is in the NFL. And this is one of the positions the Browns deem not as important as the others. Or at least not as important to invest big dollars into. Let's put it that way. But, you know, guys like Matthew Adams, Jordan Kunasik, could they be back? Sure, they could be back on one-year deals. We could get other players pretty similar to them on the same type of deal. No big deal. Jacob Phillips, like I said, gone. Talky-talky, we'll see. Wouldn't mind seeing him back. Anthony Walker, I believe, won't be back, but you never know. And again, the only three guys on the roster going into 2024 as of right now in February is J.O.K., Tony Fields the second and Muhammad Diabadi. So let me know what you guys think about the linebacker position in general. Is J.O.K. your number one priority this offseason to make sure the Browns get him extended? What sort of contract do you think we might be looking at with J.O.K.? Are there any free agent names that you guys are you know have in your mind that you're thinking hey this is a guy I really want the Browns to get drop it on the comments let me know what you think this series will continue on the next episode we'll be breaking down the defensive line so that's going to be a little bit longer episode a little bit more information because we've got quite a few guys to talk about on that one and I just appreciate everybody checking out these episodes tuning in subscribing to the channel following us on audio everything you guys do to support the show is awesome we're all over the social media world, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm dabbling in threads. We'll see whatever comes of that, but I have no idea. Um, and then of course, jointhedogs.com, become an official dog pack member, join our Patreon. It's a great way to support the show. It's just $5 a month to get in there. And I mean, that's like a cup of coffee, you know, basically, and, and you get the whole month you get If there's four weeks in a month, you get four extra episodes in a month because we do the bonus after-hours podcast in there. It's a ton of fun, especially in the off-season. We get into anything and everything on that show. So that's cool. And then you get access to the private Discord where the community really, really is having just 24-7 conversations about the Browns and anything that you want to talk about. There is a thread for damn near anything. And if there's not a thread for something that you're very passionate about, let us know and we will make one. And you can lead that discussion because I guarantee if you want to talk about it, there's other people in there that want to talk about it too because it's awesome, awesome group of people, awesome community. So there's my plug for the dog pack. Join the dogs.com, become an official dog pack member. Thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode again. Go back, watch the cornerbacks, watch the safeties, and let me know what you guys think about those ones. And then we'll be back doing the defensive line on the next one. And until I see you guys again, let's go, Browns.